identified your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. Hey! There's no singing in the North Pole. Yes, there is. So, Dad, I plan out our whole day. First, we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then we'll eat a whole roll of Toll House cookie dough as fast as we can, and then, to finish, we'll snuggle. Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Dan Takaki, and always, I'm joined here with my co-host, girlfriend, partner, and my, quote, someone special, Kara Zalaya. Hey, hi, everyone. Hello. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal, it's only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's correct. We love Christmas, and we love watching and talking about Christmas movies. We're here to just have a little bit of fun, spread a little bit of joy into the holiday season. So with that in mind, Kara, what movie are we watching this week? This week, we are watching the 2003 classic Elf, directed by Jon Favreau, starring Will Ferrell as the titular elf. He really is the titular elf (laughs) in this one. This time he is the titular elf. Yes. So this is one of my favorite Christmas movies, but for whatever reason, you've only seen this maybe once before. It seems like you didn't really remember a whole lot about this movie going into it. So why don't you tell us what you thought this movie was going to be? So I got the, the bulk of the story pretty all right, that Buddy was adopted, that his real dad was in New York City, that he had some other type of sibling. But other than that, I was pretty wrong. I thought Zoe Deschanel's role in this movie was a lot bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. She is Will Ferrell's love interest, but she's barely in this movie. (laughs) I remembered it being more love story than it was. It is more about this elf and his adventures in Manhattan. The hero's journey. Yeah, I mean, the second main character is the city itself. Sure. (laughs) I would argue that it's his dad. But New York City, his dad embodies New York City. Of course, of course, all the worst parts of New York City. (laughs) And New York City embodies all the best parts. It's really interesting to hear me talk about New York City, especially Mm -hmm. when I contrast. I mean, we're doing two New York City episodes back to back here, but especially in comparison to how I feel about Britain. No, a place I've never been to. We're not doing Britain this episode. There's no reason to bring them into this. I love them. I love them. I'm just saying that it's incredible how much my... I'm saying this as a flaw. I remember not particularly anything this movie before Mm -hmm. rewatching it with you. I was like, yeah. I think it also came at a time where I was a little oversaturated on Will Ferrell. That's fair. Yeah. And I, you know, was very politically aware, very young. And so this was smack dab in the middle of like the Bush years. And I watched a lot of Will Ferrell doing George W. Bush. Oh, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> did you forget about that? Yeah, I did a little bit. <laughs> no, that's all I remember, to be honest. And then he did a Broadway show in which... This is not the Will Ferrell comedy hour, but he did I mean, end it up... it kind of is. This yeah, is kind of the Will Ferrell comedy hour. He was just everywhere. And I love Will Ferrell. This is not a me, Jim Carrey situation. But we'll talk about Jim Carrey, actually, when I give you some fun facts and trivia. Oh, was he going to be Buddy? I don't know. We'll have to <laughs> stay tuned till the end of the episode. I guess so. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell us what 
Elf is all about. I can definitely do that. So Elf, as we mentioned, stars Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. Will Ferrell is an orphaned child that is adopted by Papa Elf at the North Pole because they decide to keep him instead of returning him to the orphanage. That's a crazy thing to do. Santa clearly knows where he's from. Yeah, but I mean, orphanages in America compared to the North Pole. Yeah, I mean, that's fair, I guess. But it was just like, I guess we'll keep him. We can't bring him back. (laughs) That's true. He is raised as an elf in the North Pole and, you know, works as like a tinkerer and makes toys and stuff. They show like a montage of him at the beginning of him growing up and rapidly outgrowing physically the other elves in the North Pole. And so he kind of quickly falls out of place. Yeah. But he fully believes he's an elf. Yeah. Eventually he finds out. Lots of physical comedy. Lots of physical comedy. Big man, small shower. But he eventually finds out that he is not an elf, but actually he is a human and that he has a real human father named Walter Hobbs who lives in New York City and works in the Empire State Building. Who is played by Sonny from The Godfather. James Caan, for those who don't know. Sonny! The rest of this movie is basically Buddy going to New York City to try and develop a relationship with his father. He meets his dad and his dad's like, you're crazy. You're not my son. How could you? How? No, not. It's impossible. (laughs) What are you talking about? Honestly, checks out for Sonny Corleone. He was banging girls two at a time. (laughs) Dan doesn't remember The Godfather. It's my favorite movie. And I know that that line is actually not about Sonny in the original Godfather. I know. But he also was banging a lot of girls, remember, at his sister's wedding right at the beginning of the movie. He does. He bangs one of the bridesmaids in his family home in a closet. (laughs) I I know. Now I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this. So Buddy the Elf gets a job at a toy store for a little bit where he meets Zoe Deschanel. He immediately falls for her. He thinks she's super pretty, which she is, but she has blonde hair in this, which is confusing. So we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. Yes. He meets Walter's other son, Michael, and Walter's wife, Emily, and they start to have a familial, friendly relationship. And Buddy's just like getting along with everybody in New York City except for his dad. His dad's just kind of this curmudgeonly businessman, and he publishes children's books, which is crazy because you would think with his son being an elf... <laughs> That would be a good resource for him, which he eventually taps into at the end of the movie when he grows kind of a heart. He and his dad have a falling out at the end of the movie, so Buddy tries to leave and go back to the North Pole, but eventually he sees Santa, who shows up in Central Park because his sleigh crashes. Yeah. And Buddy has to save Christmas by spreading Christmas cheer throughout Central Park and all of New York City to get Santa's sleigh to fly. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's also super quick. It's an hour and 37 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's one B plot, which has to do with Walter trying to get a book out by Christmas Eve. And it's sort of Walter's redemption arc because he's got a really mean boss that's like, you got to get this out on Christmas. Right, right. And Walter is like, I'm a jerk, but I even know I shouldn't be here on Christmas Eve. And so he eventually stands up to his boss being like, you know what? I'm going to go be with my family. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it's a great movie. This is one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's very good. It's very sweet. But even with all this in mind, I think we both have a few notes that we want to talk about for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel is blonde in this. It's a crime. Look, this is right at the beginning of Zoe Deschanel's career where she was breaking into bigger roles. It's just very interesting because Zoe Deschanel is so iconically a brunette with bangs. Right. And I looked into it because it just seems off character for Zoe Deschanel 
Chanel to have blonde, blonde hair. hair. And at the time when she auditioned for Elf, mm. she had dyed her hair blonde for a different screen test that she didn't end up getting. And when she booked Elf, mm. they wanted her to keep it. There was no real rationale other than they just wanted her to keep it and Zoe Deschanel hadn't broken through as the kind of like style icon that she is now. She's like one of those people where if you just saw a silhouette of her face, it would right. be like bangs and big glasses. And you'd be like, right, Zoe Deschanel. Right. And she um, just doesn't have either in this movie. In this movie. And it's interesting because I always thought it was weird that she had blonde hair in this too. One of the reasons I always figured was she, she kind of looks like the little boy elf from Rudolph. <laughs> right. And I thought that was sort of like a nod to that. But it's it's funny that it was just like no particular reason. You're just blonde and we're keeping you blonde. Yeah, yeah. For me, as someone who identifies super strongly with my brown hair to mm-hmm. like a very weird degree, I have like virgin hair. I've never dyed my hair. I've never even gotten highlights or anything. Yeah. I'm very protective of Zoe Deschanel's brown hair. Right. <laughs> so I get that. In fact, I kind of remember that being something that turned me off from this movie because I watched it in retrospect and I love New Girl and I love 500 Days of Summer mm-hmm. and I love She and Him. I just adore Zoe Deschanel. That's just one of my slight notes where and it's, it's like... It's interesting to too, because even when we were talking about this, I was like, yeah, I feel like my first exposure to Zoe Deschanel other than this was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy right. and She and Him, both of which were after this movie right? came out. Yeah. So it's like, that's how it bedded her like brunetteness is in our minds of rewriting the timeline of when right. she was a brunette and when we met her. <laughs> right. It's very interesting how that works, but we love Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, come on the pod. Yeah, we love her. Oh, we would be such good friends with her. My other note is that I really loved the first 20 minutes of this movie. Yes. Probably more than the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. I loved watching Buddy in the North Pole yeah Buddy in the North Pole is great he's working with all the elves who are like they kind of like Lord of the Rings it so like he's much taller than all of them right yeah Papa Elf Papa Elf yeah so funny and so loving and I'll get into this when I talk about trivia but it was actually very intentional that everything be very pleasant and lovely and everyone be really nice to Buddy despite the fact that he is a not great elf due to his size yeah yeah, everybody enjoys him. Sometimes it feels like they're pitying him, but they're like trying to lift him up in a way that's nice. You yeah. know, there's also all these animated or claymated characters in it, which feels like also a nod to the Rudolph movies. Yes, absolutely. Where, where there's like an animated snowman who supposedly traveled all over the world. There's all these little animated birds and puffins and narwhals and stuff. This movie also has one of my favorite depictions of Santa. He's like a jolly, happy Santa, but he's also very sarcastic and yes. witty. And when Buddy goes and tells Santa that he's a human, he's like, of course you're a human. (laughs) It's like, yeah, duh. He's like, by the way, got to tell you, your dad's on the naughty list. You love this movie. It's, and I, love I it. like this movie. And I think that for me, I'm used to my Christmas movies having a little bit more tragedy, I think, or just sadness in general, or more conflict. I felt like there weren't many stakes in this movie. Yeah. Which is fine, because mm. it's a Christmas movie and it can be whatever it wants to be. Right. But there were moments in this movie when you were tearing up and I was like, oh, this like gets you in a very beautifully soft way that it just does not hit me. Kind of similar to when we watched It's a Wonderful Life. And I was like, full on sobbing. Right. Whereas in A Wonderful Life, there was like a huge crisis of conscience. Oh my God, I said it right, guys. Let's go. Crisis of conscience. (laughs) 
But like this one, it's like the biggest conflict comes between Buddy and his dad. His dad needing to find his own self. Like, hey, I need to be in the family. But like the thing that always makes me tear up is like the relationship between Michael and Buddy where they like just start to accept each other in a way. There's no reason why they should because Buddy is at least 25 years older than Michael in this movie. They have this moment of being like, hey, who are you? I don't like you. Go away. And then it's all of a sudden like Buddy stands up for him and helps him with a snowball fight. And is like, oh, right. I'm 12. None of this matters. You're an elf. This is cool. I was going to bring this up, but I didn't want to because I thought it was alienating that I feel boys really love this movie in a way that I, I know everyone loves this movie, but I feel like a lot of men that I know mm-hmm. and young men specifically really love this movie mm-hmm. in a way that I fully have never understood before. And you just saying right now that it's about the brothers and like how their relationship unfolds is very interesting to me because I have brothers but I'm a sister and I'm like the only sister and my brothers are very far apart in age Mm -hmm. and we have always gotten along right so it's just a very different relationship yeah (laughs) and it's just like Everyone in this movie has some sort of character growth. Will Ferrell goes from like an airhead to being like, no, I know how to fix a sleigh. Right. I'm good at this. And then Michael being kind of like Natalie Wood being like a hard-nosed city kid yeah. being like, oh, I don't need to be this serious. Yeah. Emily the mom's delightful. Oh, she's throughout so Throughout the whole wonderful. movie. She's just super accepting of having a son. She's very confused. But immediately, honestly, the dad character doesn't deserve this amazing wife that he has. Right. Because immediately she's like, this is amazing. You have another son. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not like... Like a super easy situation to be in to find out that your husband has a full grown son all of a sudden. And she immediately, without missing a beat, is like, I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, she is very skeptical of the elf thing. Yes. yes, As as everyone is. Yeah. Do you have any other notes that you wanted to touch on? No, I think that's that's it for me. How about you? I guess my note was, again, Zoe Deschanel needs to be a brunette. Correct. So James Caan's character has a mini redemption of sorts, you know, like right, standing up to his boss. It felt very real of him to have this redemption where he's like, all right, I got to go help Buddy. And then he goes and meets Santa and he's like, I still don't fully buy into this. <laughs> it felt very like stubborn dad or yeah. stubborn man to be like, I did so much already. Do I have to do more? Oh my God. I'm now realizing the more we talk about this, that Mm -hmm. this is an extremely male dominated film in a way that a lot of films aren't, by which I mean, it's a lot about the men's emotional growth. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of men who like this movie feel the permission to because it's a Will Ferrell movie, right? And then you have James Caan, who literally was in The Godfather being... A grumpy dad. Whole hard nose. And then also you have Papa Elf who adopts. It's about a single dad who didn't have time to have children, according to his own words, and he just adopts Buddy. There really is not a lot of female presence in this film. Mm -hmm. That's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. And it's usually really bad because it just leads to a lot of like toxic masculinity and stuff but mm-hmm. this one is about quite a few men having navigating, a lot of emotional yeah, growth navigating feelings during Christmas I wish Papa Elf was in this movie more yes I love him he's, he's great he's so cute when Buddy crawls out of the toy sack at the beginning of the movie and he's like what do we do with him and he like sheepishly chimes up he's like I'd like a baby Aww. he's like you see him raising him and like he knows it's ridiculous that he because right. <laughs> he's a human right, right. Will Ferrell and and whoever the actor is that plays Papa Elf have like a really good dynamic yeah. together. When the movie ends, mm-hmm. uh, Zoe Deschanel 
and Will Ferrell and their baby go visit Papa Elf. Yeah. And so it it's seems like, like they visit him often. And it's great. So I wish Papa Elf was in this movie more. I have a lot of trivia and I'm really excited to share it with you because I've been reading about it and it's been very hard to keep from you. So I can't wait to tell you. I can't wait. As you asked earlier, mm-hmm. Jim Carrey was initially eyed to play Buddy the Elf. Thank God he didn't. Oh, truly. It so been a disaster. The script first emerged 10 years before it came out in 1993. And this was pre-Ace Ventura. Yeah, that sounds right. Because it took 10 years to get the film rolling. Off the ground, yeah. Yeah, Will Ferrell was the bigger star at the time sure. in 2000, in the early 2000s, and mm-hmm. so they gave it to Will Ferrell. Speaking of Will, he worked as a mall Santa. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. That would make sense. So director John Favreau really wanted to do practical effects, which you touched on a mm-hmm. little bit. And it was largely inspired by the Christmas specials that he grew up with. Nice. And he said on the commentary track that he really wanted to employ old techniques instead of CGI whenever right. he could. And this included stop motion animation, nice. using forced perspective to make Buddy look like a giant among his elf peers. Mm-hmm. And for the North Pole scenes, two sets were built, one larger scale for the actors playing the elves. Oh. and then other ones to make Buddy and Santa look big. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really important for for John Favreau. And it shows off the only thing that was very computer generated was the snow. It just has to be. It just has to be with the snow fights and just to make sure that things are consistent seasonally. Yeah, the only like specific thing I can think of that was extremely CGI or like whatever was when they're doing the snowball fight, Buddy's arm looks like it's like going in like a helicopter. Right, correct. Um, That makes sense though. And they specifically were influenced by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is perfect timing for us. That's our next Next week's episode, yeah. everybody. Yeah. I want to talk about the super important cameo that we mentioned in our second episode of 12 Days Pod. You'll want to watch a different Christmas story. Of Peter Billingsley. Yes. Tell me about Peter Billingsley's cameo. Why is he in this movie? So he's in this movie because he has been a producer of John Favreau's films for a while. That's and awesome. There's just a natural link due to the fact that he was Ralphie in A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. And he is briefly in this as one of the elves. Yeah, he's like the head elf. Like he's yeah. in charge of all of the, the toy making process. I believe his name is Ming Ming. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I've seen this movie a lot, guys. Can you tell? <laughs> John Favreau played multiple parts in Elf. He played multiple? I know he was the doctor who's friends with Walter. Yes. But who, who else did he play? Yes. So besides being Walter's friend who does the DNA test to confirm that Buddy is Walter's son, mm-hmm. he also voiced a few of the characters. Huh. In fact, one of the iconic characters that you love, the narwhal, oh. is voiced by John Favreau. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> We didn't talk about that, about how quotable this movie is. You yeah. said something uh, while we were watching that you think this is the most quotable in Cur- our current like culture Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah, this movie's got like so many, so many great one-liners like, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Right. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. I stand by that, even if I don't know all the quotes right off the top of my head, but... I mean, it's Will Ferrell, so everything he does is just kind of this very memeable, iconic... Christmas moment. Christmas moment, exactly. This is one of the things that I really credit Jon Favreau for, which I I really think he's a wonderful director. He directed the Iron Man movies, and he also just seems like a great guy that I would love to hang out with. I've been a fan of Jon Favreau for some time. Yeah. But in the early version, Buddy's decision to seek out his dad was because he was being harassed by the actual elves for being different. Oh. Yeah, so Buddy was originally bullied in the early versions of the script 
but Favreau pushed to take that out of this element. He preferred to keep the North Pole characters warm, even when Buddy bugs them. Yeah. Uh, in the DVD commentary, he offers, it explained why Buddy was doing all of these good things in New York if he grew up in a world where everybody was so sweet, even if he was obviously screwing everything up and doesn't fit in at all. Yeah, that's good, because that's that's kind of the opposite of Rudolph, who's like yes. doesn't fit in, and he's like bullied and stuff. So in this, it's nice that he's he's just kind of accepted. Yeah, and, and it also, I think, helps show like the purity of buddy Mm -hmm. he has never experienced any form of backlash or like anger yeah and so instead of this movie showcasing it's unrealistic for you to be good and pure in new york city in the world of humans it's Mm -hmm. like well actually maybe the world of humans needs to change a little bit to be more like buddy the elf right exactly i love that yeah. That's super nice. Yeah. Elf was shot on location in New York for the most part, which yeah. is amazing. I mean, it seems like it. Yeah. Some of it was shot in Canada, as is the case a lot now. Yeah. But this is probably my favorite fun fact, which okay. is some of Elf's sets were built in a horror factory. Why? So technically, it was an abandoned mental hospital where the production team constructed the interior set for Central Park West apartment. Ooh, spooky. And also uh, Gimbal's lavish toy department. It was all done in this old abandoned mental hospital. That's just where they could build the sets, just where they were able to have the space to do it when they were filming. I love that. And then just two last little bits regarding Will Ferrell. Mm -hmm. So uh, Will Ferrell went method with those jack-in-the-boxes, that scene where he's like really shocked and he's winding them down. So instead of the boxes just like having the pop come out at the end of the song, John Mm -hmm. Favreau had the props department create those boxes so that he could control when the -the jack-in-the-box would pop out. Oh, so John Favreau could do it? Yes. Oh, I like that. (laughs) So John Favreau. When you said Will Ferrell went method, I was like, what what do you, did he dress as an elf for six months? That's going to go into the last bit of trivia, which is their last week of shooting in New York City, Mm -hmm. because of budget, they just had to like really go down to a skeleton crew of shooting. And so what they did is they literally just let Will Ferrell frolic all over New York City in character. Oh, I love that. And that's how they got all All of those shots weird b-roll and stuff of him running around yeah so those are real people that are just like walking by him that's so good it's that's amazing it makes me like this movie even more now. yeah yeah uh will ferrell also has said that he refuses to make an elf too good they shouldn't make a second elf movie there's no need to i know they shouldn't i would i wouldn't mind like an elf prequel short a la pixar style and that's all I got on the trivia front. Nice. Well, alrighty, folks, as we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings on the 12 days of Christmas. So, Kara, out of 12 days, how many days of Christmas are you giving this film? So I'm a little nervous about this. Okay. Because I know you love this movie. I do. And I like this movie. There's nothing wrong with this movie. Okay. And it is the correct length, which is usually my critique of things. Good. We didn't talk about the length, everyone. <laughs> I mentioned it's an hour and 36 minutes. But like not as a critique, just as a pointing out. Yeah. I'm giving it eight maids of milking. Okay. That's about what I would have expected from you. Yeah. Again, there's nothing wrong with this. I just don't think it's my type of movie. Yeah. I was originally going to give it seven swans of swimming, but it's based in New York City, so it gets an extra day of Christmas. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Sounds right. We have different tastes in Christmas movies. That's fair. That's the whole point of this podcast. That's the whole point of this podcast. (laughs) So, dear Daniel, Mm -hmm. how many days of Christmas do you give Elf? I am giving this 11 Pipers Piping wow. out of 12. Wow, this wow, is, wow, 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 wow. I think this might be my highest rated movie so far. This is... Yeah, this is... 
this Besides is Besides Nightmare Before Christmas. I think I gave Nightmare also 11. Yeah, yeah. As I, as I mentioned, I'm holding on to my 12 for no reason. <laughs> I just want to. Um, but 11 Pipers Piping. This is one of my probably top three favorite Christmas movies of yeah. all time. I could watch this at any point at any time. As I mentioned before, there's not a lot of filler to this movie. No. Like, it's it's great. The only, like, B-plot line of Walter's publishing company, that needs to be there for him to, like, have a mini redemption arc, sure. it seems. It's interesting, too, I note, that I'm giving this an 11 and you're giving this an 8, which is the exact inverse of what we did for Miracle on 34th, where you gave it an 11 and I gave it an 8, which is kind of on par for us, where it's like... They're kind of similar energy movies, except one's a courtroom yes. and one's one's about like saving Santa. Honestly, that right there is, you know, we have similar taste in things for the most part. I think we overlap a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I would say 70% of our tastes overlap. Yeah. But the intensity of how much we like something is pretty much defined by the fact that you consider Elf at the standard that I consider Miracle on 34th Street. Right. I think that's I think that's a good for those of you who haven't figured it out by now, I think that's a good standard for where where the two of us are in terms <laughs> of from. our like intensity and our like jolly jolliness around Christmas, like what <laughs> what we vibe with around Christmas. But yeah, this is yeah eleven out of twelve. This is one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite Christmas movies, and I'm probably gonna watch it again before Christmas. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. But before we go, we especially want to thank Seamus McLean for leaving us a wonderful review. Thanks, Seamus. Seamus wrote that 12 Days Pod is delightful. This is a very fun discussion of holiday movies. The hosts are both quite charming and funny. This is definitely helping me get into the Christmas spirit. Good. That's all we want to do. We are so glad you're loving it, Seamus. And if you're enjoying our podcast, why not leave us a review uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we might just read it on the air. There's only three weeks until Christmas. Three weeks? Three weeks until Christmas. Which means there's only three weeks of 12 Days Pod left. Oh no, so you have to get your reviews in now. You have to get them in now, guys. So if you want to help us spread some Christmas cheer, please share this with your friends and family. We'd love to have them. Join us next time as we take a look back at the animated classic that seemed to inspire parts of this movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We are going to be doing a 30-minute podcast about a 45-minute film. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) We're going to go off the rails. I'm very excited. Yeah. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.